Hey guys, welcome to If You Know You Know Therapy with Haley Mayer. Hey, welcome back. We are going to talk about attachment styles today, which has been a pretty, I guess, popular topic. (laughs) Uh, I think everyone's trying to figure out what their attachment styles mean. What does that mean when it comes to relationships? What does that mean when it comes to supports and friendships? I don't think is a bad thing to know your attachment style, but I also don't think that you necessarily need to see your attachment style as a problem. One of my favorite books called Attached, it's a pretty popular book right now. It's by Amir Levine. And it actually, a part of it actually talks about the idea that your attachment style can definitely be a tool, but we don't need to be judging our attachment style like this is a bad one versus this other one that's much better. We all hear the word secure attachment and we want to automatically say that's the only one we want to have. But what's really good for us to notice is that if we can just identify how we go with our attachment styles, we're going to be able to have a much better job being able to know how to adjust things so that way we can have a healthy relationship. Because unfortunately, we don't always react in a secure way, especially when under pressure, especially when under stress. So it is really important for us to be able to know things and say, hey, I know that I sometimes am anxious. I know that I'm sometimes avoidant. And so in order to know what that means, I need to really study this up. And I also really need to be able to adjust to what is a healthy situation. So one of the things that you first start out with is understanding what the different attachment styles are. Okay. There's four main ones. There's a bunch of different attachment styles you can always look up and things like that. But bottom line, there's four main ones. Okay. We talk about secure. All right. That's a pretty balanced attachment. Someone who feels, again, pretty settled in how they can react to their attachment and they don't feel like they go too extreme one way or the other. Avoidant, often that's called a dismissive attachment. Sometimes they call it anxious avoidant. But bottom line, it's an avoidant attachment. It's kind of separating yourself. It's the, I wouldn't say always run away, but it's definitely the, let me put some distance between me and that thing or person. Anxious is preoccupied. Often that's the one who is sometimes called clingy. Sometimes that's called, um, you'll often see anxious ambivalent is what it's called in children with diagnoses, but bottom line, anxious, you think about someone who's running a million miles an hour in their brain. And disorganized means that you can kind of be all over the place. Disorganized is often called fearful avoidant, um, especially in children. These types of attachments, the last three are considered insecure attachments, avoidant, anxious, and disorganized. Again, back to the book, I really appreciated with the knowledge and the, the research being done with it. It's again, not so much that we need to shame ourselves and saying, well, I'm an insecure attachment, therefore I'm bad. This kind of a thing is really important to know because then we know how we are going to react if we can understand what our attachment style preference is just naturally. Our preference is to be secure, obviously, but if we can understand what we naturally are inclined to do when we're in a situation, I think it's really important for us to then be able to know what we can work with in order to have a better attachment style and to be able to just feel like we can act the way we want to act. I think that's the biggest thing when it comes to looking at attachment styles. In the end, we want to be able to act how we feel like we need to. Honestly, sometimes an avoidant attachment isn't a bad thing, especially depending on what the other person's attachment style is. But 
if you're not feeling safe, if you're not feeling like this is a relationship that you can trust or the other person is in a really is, is someone you can trust or that you are ready for a relationship, avoid it might not be an awful thing to have at times. We have moments. There are parts of us that we, if you've ever seen the movie inside out, love it. Everyone should see it, but there are different things that make up why we choose to have certain reactions choose being a very loose term. It's not like you sit down and go, should I choose option A or B in every single situation? Sometimes it's more of an instantaneous choice, but things that there, there are parts in us due to our different circumstances, due to our different experiences that because of those things, they decide, Hey, we're going to pull back a little bit because this reminds us of the red flag that happened there. This reminds us of a past hurting situation or experience, and it's going to maybe pull you back and give you some space. I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing that your being, your inner being chooses to be a bit avoidant. Same thing with anxious. I think it's also, that's where red flags are coming up too, where it's saying, I'm worried, I'm nervous. I'm, you know, again, the word preoccupied because I've got a lot going on. And this is something that is bringing that up. It's a um, variable. It's, it's an instigator. And so again, it's not so much that we need to judge these reactions and say, insecure, therefore awful. It means that's just what it is. Okay. So our attachment styles are often, uh, they're, they're often as a result of what we observed growing up. Very rarely do you see uh, a kid who grew up in a really disorganized attachment household or one of the, again, insecure ones, and then decide without any prompting to just have a secure attachment. We often replicate different types of attachments we've seen or had very early influence in. A lot of the times as well, our romantic partner, we we don't really always expect them to consciously. We don't go into a situation and go, oh, I want them to act this way. But we unconsciously sometimes look for romantic partners that act like our parents or people who we grew up around like they do. And in that situation, it's because it's something we're used to. It's something that's in our court. And so Sometimes we just have to be aware of those kind of tendencies that are happening and what we need to be doing to kind of work through that. One of the most important things is realizing. One of the most important things to realize though is that your attachment style might change over time. I know I have had very anxious attachment styles in the past and I'll be the first one to admit it's cringy. It's so cringy how how anxious I've been before. And especially in new relationships, when I just started dating, when I just started learning how to have these types of relationships, first of all, they weren't very healthy relationships, but also second of all, I was an extremely anxious person, very, very unsure how to do things. And then I have gone through a phase and I probably still am in a bit of being very avoidant, honestly, of just saying, you know what? That didn't work for me. I recognize the cringiness of what happened before. I don't like it. And it made me feel that I needed to go kind of opposite direction. So I've tested and done avoidant. And then I've been last couple tests that I've done last couple assessments. You can take an attachment style test online. Um, I can't say that their results are like (laughs) totally indefinite of you're totally like that, but I've taken a couple before and I've tested as a secure attachment. So I feel like seeing the different things that are coming up, I'm not going to say that I'm going to stay insecure for the rest of my life. There might be different things, different relationships, different experiences that change that. But I do think that just being able to recognize what those are and allowing yourself to go through your process without judgment is going to be a huge step. Another thing to look at is that it's 
these things are often based on values and also just the things you grew up with. But um, honestly, gender differences, just to be aware, is that they're small and honestly aren't a huge impact on what ends up happening. Of course, women tend to score higher on anxiety. Men tend to score higher in avoidance. But the gender differences, they're so small, it really isn't worth often mentioning because everyone has their own experiences and it leads to different things. What does secure attachment look like? If it's something we're, we're looking towards, what do we want? Often a secure relationship looks like something that's also called a nurturing relationship. A nurturing relationship is something that both people are allowed to grow. A nurturing relationship does not necessarily mean that you both are together all the time and you love it and it's great. Actually, that sounds pretty anxious if you're with each other all the time. It's good to want to be around each other. It's good to want to have time around, but it's also good to want to have some time alone. And so a secure attachment has a good balance. So you feel like you can regulate your emotions. You feel like you can trust your partner can do so as well. You can effectively communicate your needs. You're able to feel that you can be alone, but you can be with your partner or other people. That's a huge thing. Being able to feel like you can be with other people without offending your partner. Now, yes, back to boundaries. I'm not saying that if it's a, let's go with a guy-girl relationship, just so I can easily use the pronouns with that. If you have a relationship and he's going off and hanging out with his ex-girlfriend, that doesn't mean if you... (laughs) If you're feeling a little like, I don't think that's a good idea that you're insecure, that could also just straight up be like, that's not a good decision. Okay. But if you're both in healthy situations, it can feel really comfortable knowing the other person is hanging out with their friends, knowing that the other person is, has their boundaries and they're going to do what's a healthy option to do. Another thing is that you and your partner are able to self-reflect with one another. So you don't have that fear of letting them know what's going on inside you're able to do that in a stable and emotionally uplifting way. Both people tend to have higher self-esteems in a securely attached, nurturing type of relationship. One of the first things I'll look at is if someone has a really low self-esteem, I want to know what their history is with that, but I'm also wondering what's going on in the relationship right now, just to see if there's something that could be potentially leading to that. And also both are able to be emotionally available A lot of that comes with trust. Someone in a secure relationship and having a secure attachment, they are not necessarily going to be someone who you're worried about taking over your emotions and just needing everything from you and vice versa. You, if you're the one in a secure attachment, you can trust, you can be there for someone and the other person's going to have a boundary of how much they tell you and also how much they are, you know, able to take in. They're going to be honest and say, Hey, listen, I had a really rough day. I'm, I'm here for you, but I know I probably can't be here as much as this other example of what I could be doing. I would trust that person more because they're going to tell me when I can't and can or cannot trust giving them information as opposed to just, you know, having someone who's like, no, tell me whatever, go with whatever. And fearing that they're being overwhelmed without giving me any feedback. Um, secure attachments often, they are there to just thrive without needing a whole lot of external reassurance. That's the huge thing too. It's a situation of not that we're ignoring each other, but 
we can go about our days and do what we need to do. And we know it's going to be okay. And we know we can connect, but we also know that our relationship doesn't hinge on constant connection and constant reassurance. Now going to avoidant. So avoidant attachment style is often called dismissive avoidant or anxious avoidant. Okay. You're usually putting a lot of distance. It's the idea of other people aren't going to fulfill my needs. So I might as well not depend on them often. You often feel like you're left to be by yourself. You're left to process things on yourself. You not only have like this really big accomplishment of feeling like you're independent, but it's that idea of like, there's no other option. You often feel like you're slow to respond with basic needs or slow to process with things or slow to be vulnerable because there's a lot in the way of doing so because in the past people haven't been there to do that with you. So with the different kinds of avoidance, you are really having a hard time kind of opening up that shell. And it's because of the fear that no one's going to really be there when it is open. And then you're just left with this like open moment and being vulnerable and nothing's going to be there to validate it. One of the things too, is that you start telling yourself you don't have the need for other people. We all have the need for other people in our lives. Various degrees of what's appropriate and what a boundary looks like with that. But it is important for us to have other people. We're social beings. That's how we're, that's how we thrive, honestly. So if we don't have that, we start noticing deficits in different areas. The next attachment style is anxious avoidant. So um, this kind of a thing is when people are just the opposite of the avoidance where they don't show their needs because they're worried that, or they they have this fear and usually confirmed fear from different events. Anxious is the idea that they don't get their needs met. And so they need to make sure they fulfill them on their own, or they constantly are reaching out to other people to try to fulfill them because it's that worry that no one will just step up and do it. Therefore, they're going to be left without their needs being fulfilled at all. So it's really important to notice with that anxiety. It's like inconsistently in the past, they weren't getting their needs consistently. Therefore, they have this need to like be hypervigilant to get their needs met. And so you often see that where people become just easily overwhelmed. They're sometimes really attentive and then they push away. This is often called like an addictive love as well. Addictive love in the sense of you just need to be with them at every moment and they just can't live without you. It's very much an anxiousness. There's clinginess to that. You need approval by your partner. You guys can't thrive separately because you're always wondering what the other person's doing and worried about not being with them. You have difficulty being alone. Again, this also leads to low self-esteem often, um, which says a lot with these unhealthy attachments. There's also a fear of rejection. There's a lot of abandonment. Okay. Lastly, there's the disorganized attachment style. This is often because they had a lot of trauma, abuse, neglect, and people are afraid of the people who should be there to help them. And they're often kind of all over the place with that. There's just a lot of variables with it. They have really contradictory behaviors. They'll do one thing and then they'll kind of go off and do the other thing. I hate you. Don't, don't go away though, right? You can't regulate emotions on your own. You really don't know how to trust others. Again, there's high levels of anxiety with it, but you have a mix of avoidant and anxious. 
you often see this with different types of disorders like mood disorders, personality disorders, substance abuse, things like that. They're using other things often to try to regulate for them, or they are just predisposed to having a lot of things being overwhelming for them. Okay. So often with these kinds of things, you hear all of this and you go, oh, great, Haley, you were saying I can use this to my benefit. How the heck does this use this to my benefit? Well, let's just look at it. We all have had one of these in our past of an of an insecure attachment style. Look at your past relationship, your past interaction, your past, I don't know, time that you were bonded with someone. If you're looking at it and you're noticing that you're kind of anxious, something to be aware of is knowing, hey, I know I kind of go into that anxious presenting kind of behavior pretty quick. So what do I do with that? Well, one of the things you can do with it is just know going into new relationships, looking at current ones you're in, past ones you've been in, what could I do to help resolve that anxiety? It um, Anxiety, that anxiousness is brought about because of need. And anxiousness is brought about, go back with that, because there's an actual need of what's happening. A need of not being abandoned, a need of not being rejected, a need of feeling invalidated, feeling you need to be codependent because they're not going to be there or they're going to, you know, leave you all of a sudden. So you have to just be there at all times. So you need to challenge that thought. The need is challenging it and saying, listen, are they saying they're not going to be there? Let's just take it as it is. And if they are saying that they're not going to be there, what am I going to do to stay healthy? Do I have the power to, to keep myself safe? Most likely the question, the the answer to that question is yes. So how do I keep myself grounded in a way that's not going to produce more anxiety? Go from there. You have an easier time to be able to recognize some of the steps you need to take in order to put yourself in a more secure zone. The interesting about it is the less I think of myself as this is a bad situation being insecure and I need to get out of here as quick as possible. And the more that I validate, okay, I am feeling really anxious. I am feeling really avoided. I'm feeling really disorganized. The more you validate those feelings, look at the needs and just sit with them and allow them to be there and then do what you can to help kind of feel more secure. The more you're going to naturally go into a more secure attachment, the minute you try to force yourself into a secure attachment, you're already exacerbating the issue. So it's really good to notice what it is that's happening. It's extremely helpful to just learn how to look at what it is that's happening and say, I'm not going to put judgment on this. I'm just going to sit with it. And we're going to try to go about it in a way that's really not rushing. So when it comes to secure attachments, when it comes to just any type of attachments that you are currently exhibiting, but you're wanting to go into a secure attachment, it's really important to be aware. What is my natural disposition? And also what's my partner's natural disposition? If you're with someone who's constantly anxious and you're all of a sudden feeling like you need to be avoided to compensate, that's something to also be aware of. Not because it's like, get rid of them, right? Although maybe you need to. I think that's a valid thing to look at. If you're noticing that they're constantly doing that and they aren't really wanting to change it, I think a big thing then is looking at it and saying, is this a person who's compatible for me? Am I okay with how this brings it out? It is very hard when your partner is exhibiting one of those more extreme sides to feel like you can just constantly be in, constantly be in the secure zone. You're sometimes going to want to compensate or you're going to want to mirror it back to them just depending on what's going on. So I think one of the big things is noticing like, am I okay with that? 
Now, if you're both trying to be more secure, then it's about looking up what does a secure relationship look like and how can we work to have those habits more instead of picking up on the ones we're naturally using. So with all of these things going on, knowing what your secure attachment looks like is going to be really key for you being able to establish a more healthy relationship. And that's just a quick thing on attachment styles. If you, again, have any questions, love to hear from you. So reach out. But if not, see you next week. Thanks so much for listening. If you have any questions or if you want to just reach out, you can find me on Instagram at Haley underscore the underscore therapist. So at Haley the therapist with spaces in between. Also be able to reach me if you need email at IYKYKTherapy at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you.